Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Car D. Welcome to Millennial Love. What's up, y'all? This is Cardi. This is Mish. And this is Justin. And this is episode 70 of Millennial Love, where we discuss sex, love, and how we are selfish. Selfish as AF. AF today. AF. <laughs> I did too much cursing last episode. Yeah, we all did. Nice. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook. Facebook. I like Face- that. Facebook. 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 Face- <laughs> My mouth is wet. Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. You know, somebody's going to jack off to that at, part. That's so nasty. At Millennial Love, that's two L's, two N's, L-O-V-3. Also, if you want to send us any sort of coinage, we accept all any and all monetary donations. You can find us on PayPal at Millennial Love and on Cash App at Money Sign Millie L-O-V-3. Yay! Send us money. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that's been giving us money for various things like just because or the word of the day. We appreciate Is it rude y'all. to say people's name if they mm-hmm. send us money? No? No. All We've right. been saying it. We ain't been asking. So Kyle sent us five bucks today. Oh, I'm sorry. Kyla. Oh, Kyla. Sent us five bucks today. Thank Kyla you, Kyla. Kyla's been sending us money like hella. Shout out to Shout Kyla. Shout out to Kyla. That's love. That's what was, <laughs> what was the word of the day last week? Uh, Kegel. Ke- Kegel. Kegel. Or Kegel, whichever right. one you would Kegel, like Kegel. to say. Yeah. This word of the day is funny, but I'm going to wait to the end. So um, before we begin, we would like to send our condolences to XXX um, Tentacion's family. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he was murdered today um, in Florida. So yeah. Rest in peace. Sad day. Sad day. It's very sad. Um, he was young. He was what, only twenty, 20. years old. Um, I couldn't even imagine like losing a family member that young. You know, so. twenty is so young. Very, very. Just young. don't even know yourself yet. I don't even remember where I was at at twenty. Me. Either. I don't remember twenty. I was somewhere struggling. I was in <laughs> oh yeah, in college. In struggling. college, struggling. <laughs> um, yeah. Twenty. But, what is that? Junior year. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I know that. You know, when you're in your 20s, you live fast, um, and sometimes you just really have to slow down. And, you know, this obviously has nothing to do with him, but I'm just saying to all our young millennials, just make sure that you are taking care of yourself um, and watching your surroundings, uh, being mindful of who you hang out with and stuff like that. So just um, so rest in peace to Tentacion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope you're saying that right. I mean, that's how it's spelled. Wait, I mean, you can wordsmith. No, no, no. (laughs) And I also don't speak Spanish. I've never heard his name said out loud, so I literally don't know. The folks said to me that it was in Spanish, so tentacion. Do we even know what tentacion means in Spanish? Attention. Um, Extension. It's probably... Anyway, so rest in peace to him and his family. Very tragic. No, seriously, it's sad. Yeah, it's very sad. Speaking of how sad it is, 
freaking Crystal <laughs> on Twitter Crystal from West. The Read yeah. said basically he, okay, so X, I'm going to just call him Triple X. Sorry if anybody is offended. But Triple X tweeted like last June, basically something to the effect of y'all niggas going to have to kill me from to stop me from talking junk or something like that. And Crystal said, basically, be careful what you ask for. Well, she retweeted it. And in her retweet comment, she said, be careful what you ask for. And I thought it was in poor taste. I thought the timing was terrible. It literally, like, she posted it. Like, as soon as the, the Shade Room posted that he had, that he was pronounced dead, she, she posted that tweet. Jeez. And it was just, it was just distasteful and a little tacky and and it honestly caught me off guard coming from her um well it's not surprising because i think he had some allegations of like hitting women and she is very she's a feminist so um i mean not making excuses for her but i think that's probably where it's she's coming from okay well i mean I see what you're saying, but it's still, I mean, he's still 20 it's years. It's definitely old. insensitive. Yeah, very. And I don't know, I didn't know him. I didn't know his music. Yeah. I, you know, I, didn't, I, I haven't I, heard his music either. Yeah. I mean, oh, he is on the, um, that song, I can't think of it, Roll in Peace. Oh, okay. Um, with um, my homie that I Well, really it looks like. like he has a huge following. Um, so I'm pretty sure his fans are suffering his Kodak loss. Kodak Black. Kodak Black. Yes. He has I really like him. eight point two million followers with one post. You know, he probably deleted like you know people, people be going be, in and out, yeah. yeah. Um and following zero people. Hmm. It's just sad. I think it's sad and I think, you know, it's just potential lost. So. It's absolutely sad. Um not to be insensitive. I, I just, you know, the streets are serious. Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know that he was involved in like street life or whatever, but just the fact that he was gunned down and then stabbed. Like it's it's really no joke. So when yeah. people talk about their life or like I said, and not to be insensitive because I don't know what he rapped about. I ain't never listened to any of his songs. But just for, you know, young listeners that we do have, Stuff like that really happens. Mm-hmm. Like he's 20, but there are also like millions of other 20 year olds that were gunned down yeah. on the same day that he died. Right. So I I just um want people to be careful, know your surroundings, um pray. Definitely pray for protection. Um and you know. You can't live too fast in your 20s. I'll say this much. Like, you live fast, you die young. That's, correct. I mean, you know. That's, yeah, so. That's what they say, so. Um, so rest in peace. Yeah, um, rest This in is peace. extremely sad. Somber. Yeah. Okay. Somber, yeah, Beyonce and Jay-Z came out with an album that I haven't listened to yet. Yay. Only because I've, you don't, you I've didn't been have traveling. Title. Yeah. Well, I well, didn't have, have title. title. Okay. No, I don't. But it just came out on Apple Music, and I just wouldn't listen to nothing at work today. I just yeah, had yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, so here's the thing. I Listen, I don't have title either. I had title <laughs> when they did the whole like sprint and title situation yeah. oh, together. Yeah. Yeah. So I downloaded it. Let me get this little free trial. 
I didn't really understand title. Maybe because I had been on Apple Music for so long. Yeah. And it like just navigating through title. Well, I was like, I don't get it. So I got to just like let the subscription go because yeah. I tried to figure it out and couldn't. That's how I am with Spotify. I don't understand Spotify at all. Like I can't do anything to save my life on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, once yeah. you get used to something, yeah. you know how to work that. Yeah. And you get something else. It's like, ah. So then they said that. Did you uh, listen to the album? No, nah, because okay. listen, when they said somebody on Twitter tweeted that the album Everything Is Love was on Apple Music, and I like asterisked them and was like iTunes because I looked that morning, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it was on iTunes only; it wasn't on Apple Music uh, yet. Got you. But then later on, I tweeted something, and somebody was like, "No, nah, it's on Apple Music, so it's there now." I'll yeah. go listen later, but. It's a nice album. Like it's definitely something different for Beyonce. Um, I think Jay Z has. Um, it's different for Jay also. It definitely give me like a New York East Coast vibe at, on certain songs. Um, I think the intro itself reminds me or reminded me of like a Miseducation. Mm. Of okay. Hill. Okay. So it's a very vibey album to me. I was surprised that day it came out during the summertime. It definitely gives me like a fall winter vibe. Mm. Um, but for the most part, um, of course I'm loving it. Um, and I'm loving it for several reasons. One, because I get to like, everything what? is love. Everything. That's why. Yeah. Number one. Everything is love. That is a good one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, for them. Okay. <laughs> um I just like when I mean you have two creative geniuses like Beyonce and Jay Z and is they can creative? come together. I think he is very creative. Oh, okay. From a lyrical standpoint, he's a lyricist. Um What's I having a fight with y'all about? I don't remember who it was. It was not y'all. I was having a debate with folks in Cuba, basically telling me that Beyonce don't be coming up with her own stuff. Like basically saying that she's not the creative. She just has a really good team and she executes well, but she does not come up with anything. And I think I disagree with that. Well, that's fairly, well, it's kind of like, I think on the scale of, I mean, I think it's like she, she obviously creates because she's an artist, but I guess what they're coming from, like with Solange, like she is a creator, like in terms of she creates the vision, she creates, like she sets the tone. Beyonce, and if you really hear it within her videos or her interviews, she's always saying that she's inspired by something. So to their point, she executes well because she's inspired by many different things. On the contrast, Solange is the creator of the family because she like creates from nothing. So I understand where they're coming from. But that's not where, that's not really. Oh, that's not where they were coming from. That's no, just <laughs> but I mean, I think that you made, that's a good point. I didn't that's think about it. point, yeah. Yeah, but that's not where they came from. They were just saying there's nobody that's like that talented to be able to come up with everything that she comes up with oh. and execute it well. Well, I mean, I think that's what he's saying, though. Yeah. Like, to a certain extent, I think you worded it well. Mm-hmm. Right, because you're a fan. Well, you know, and right. they probably had, was just it's like because I've had, they several, fans. I've had yeah. several conversations with non-fans of Beyonce, so it's like you know you just have to pick and choose. Yeah, me and Justin had an interesting conversation we did. before. <laughs> yes, but I mean, I think that's what they were saying. Like she doesn't come up with everything, but to say that she's not a creative, 
Yeah, I think that's, that's a little far fetched. Yeah, that's yeah. far fetched because yeah. if she's inspired, you're inspired to create something, right? Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. coming up with something, whether it's the one, two of the three, four count. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. she came up with something, but that's and where that- non Beyonce fans start at. Like she, she doesn't create. She's not a creator. Like so, one you have to give them that. Correct. She's not. She's not a creator. In fact, she said she's I was not inspired. A, the inventor. Inventor or right. the cre- yeah. But she still creates. She, she still yeah. She creates I know, experiences. But I'm just saying this is how I argue with them. I'm like, okay, you're right. In fact, she said I was inspired by. <laughs> so now that now that I've given you that. Let's move on to how great she is, which okay. you can't deny. So, but I don't. I, on the contrary, <laughs> I don't see Jay Z as a creator. Oh God! I see Jay Z as a, a lyricist. But the, you have to create. You didn't create words. words. You put them together to formulate your thoughts. Hmm. And 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 I guess you can say that your thoughts are created, or whatever. But I don't really see him being as far as because I've just seen a little bit of the clips of their videos. I don't really see him being like a visual person, person. like that to create these concerts and or uh, concepts that they have together. Hmm. Which is why I think a lot of the Beyonce fans are like, I'd rather just see her. Because why sure. is he here? Yeah. He's just rapping. But I think for them, I mean, we can talk about that. I think for them, I think this is just something that they can do and just be because that's who they are. You understand what I'm saying? And not worry about work. I mean, not I'm sorry, not worry about the relationship. I think music brings them together. So for them to like, you know, make a joint track or joint album i'm pretty sure it did some great things for their relationship yeah you know i agree so i like them together i think they cute i think it's you know cute as relative yeah (laughs) i say cute as relative listen jay-z look good with his long i like his fro look good is also relative (laughs) i think he don't look bad (laughs) he doesn't look bad with the fro okay he doesn't look bad when he wear the but he don't look Good. Good. It, it's a better version of him. You he, think cute is relative for them? I think. What do you mean by cute? Well, like let's he, talk about the album. <laughs> let's not talk about like the flirtatious vibe. That I they don't have. think they're like that in real life. Oh, okay. I think, I think they are it's like created. That. I think it's completely Really? Creative. I don't think so. I think it's fabricated for the TV. Not at all. I do think that they're like... <laughs> for the TV. <laughs> I, do, I do think that they're happily married, but I don't think that the way they interact on stage is how they really are. I think that they... Just like... Probably the way- not because they're on stage, but once again, like they're both artists. So once the, when they do come together, it's like a whole nother level of energy to me. That's how it... I mean, I think that's what it would be like. Hell, if I'm dating a person and we both on stage and the the fans is like hyping us up, you're yeah. going to feel like something that or is when, different. Yeah, or I when agree. you're not on stage, but you just on the little hen and crown and y'all together. Exactly. It's a different vibe yeah. than, I think you know. regular. I think and then not only regular. that, from a lyrical standpoint and like the content and like and what they're singing and well, because she's like more rapping than singing now. on this album. I like what they're talking about. I think for couples, I think couples can fully vibe to this album. No, I lyrically they vibe. I think on their, I didn't go to the last tour, but and you're not going to this tour. 
I may not. I you haven't are fully definitely decided. Not a fan. I'm not a huge Jay Z fan. I'm sorry, but I think. I mean, I think it's like all couples. Like no, like Jay-Z for and Beyonce are a little. Oh. No, no. I'm saying as <laughs> I'm far as <laughs> I'm talking about as far as like the way that they interact. Like I don't know when you're the center of attention with your person, you may act differently than you would act. If you're just chilling on the couch. Well, I'll say this much. It's like you and Ben going to brunch and you have a bunch of like other couples there. You're going to like love your man a, di- a little bit That's more what, because yeah, was, other people, yeah. you know. Or at our engagement party, for instance, yeah, of course. So. But yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, don't come for anyway, Beyonce like that. I'm not I'm just coming playing. for her. <laughs> just you always, I'll just be coming with the other perspective. Anyway, what else So is going shout on? out to Jay-Z and Beyonce with this Everything is Love album. I'm loving it. It's definitely a Winterfall album. I may start listening to it again. Yeah, I'm in turn mode. Leave it be until uh, November hits. Anything happen in the streets that you want to talk about? Nah. None? I don't think so. Dunzo. Really, nigga? (laughs) (laughs) He can't stand. I don't know why he hates it so much. Because um, I just don't like it. Because it's not really what we do. Right. And we stretching. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, okay. So the tough care moment, it's more so this week about taking care of your friends. Um, I actually had somebody randomly text me the other day and just said, hey, I thought about you and I wanted to check on you. And it just made me think about like all these text messages and and or memes and whatever this, um, I'm not going to say faux, but this highlight on mental health and checking on whatever friend. I seen one that says, check on your strong friend. Strong friend, yeah. (laughs) Right. I saw that also. Um, And I think it's just important to check on your friends, right? And when you check on your friends, I think it's very important just to check on them, not their situation. So you do not have to ask them, how are you doing since the breakup? When you are in presence of people that have been in relationships for however many years, you don't have to ask them, when are y'all getting married? Or the friend that you know is trying to have a child, you don't have to ask them, are you still trying to have a baby? Just check on that person. How are you doing um, because your questions, while they may seem to you like you're checking on them, you're more so checking up on their situation mm-hmm. and reminding them of their the hard issue that they're going through. Right. Mm-hmm. So instead of asking nosy questions, and I'm going to be frank and say that, instead of asking nosy questions, just simply ask them how they're doing are they good? How's your day? And go from there. Let them open up whatever situation or issue that they have going on and talk about it instead of you feeling like you need to address their issue. Because instead of being a help, you may so be a hindrance and adding to yeah. whatever they're going through. Um, I like that. Um, I stopped, I stopped asking people, how are they? And I started asking them, are you happy? 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's a different approach. I think they receive it in a way that's like, huh, am I happy? They ask themselves, am I happy? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when you ask that question, you have to be like, obviously, ready for a response, response. and extend your services in some type of way um, to help them out if they're not happy. And if they say that they are not happy, which you guys have helped me with this, my next response is, how can I make or how can I help you in that area or something like that? Absolutely. Um, and I think by. Uh, asking that question in that way, it tr- it's just received well. I think how are you is very generic. You're going to get a very generic response like I'm good or I'm okay. Um, and then people just continue on or move on with the conversations. But when you really, or if I do ask how are you, I'll say, hey, I've been thinking about you. Exactly. Like what your friend said, you know, how are you or what's going on and stuff like that. So that, that I think that's very vital. Yeah, I mean... You don't want to open up situations for people that they're not willing to talk about at the moment. So when you ask somebody how's dating and for the last however many months, years, whatever, they've been trying to figure out how dating is, Mm. (laughs) you don't know what you're opening up for them. Mm -hmm. Or if it's a a situation of somebody, um, how's job hunting going? And... That could have been the one thing they didn't want to focus on that day. <laughs> and yes. Don't ask that. you opened it up. I'm just joking. So when you want to check on that friend, you want to check on the strong friend, you want to check on a weak friend, you want to check on a friend that's always talking on the phone for two hours. <laughs> just ask them about themselves versus their situations. Like Remember, that. your mental health matters. Protect your energy and your space. I like that. Same. So how do y'all feel about your FabFitFun box? Listen, I took a look at that box, which I gave my box to my sister, and she absolutely loves it. My sister is a young, vibrant, young millennial. She's, what, 24 years old, and she fully loved it. I mean, she loved everything from the little spa mask um, to the bath bombs. Um, She liked the clutch, the same clutch that you liked, um, and she's really looking forward to getting more boxes. Cause Listen. it comes with so much. Yeah. Listen, them bath bombs though. Like I'm not even kidding. Like I just took a bath <laughs> this weekend with them bath bombs, and it was everything. Yeah. But also the makeup palette is bomb. Like I be using the little highlighter kit. It's actually literally the Fat Foot Fun box is the bomb. It is absolutely com. bomb. And everything that we got in our box was like full size product mm-hmm. for sure. So nothing that we got was like a sample. Everything was like full. And I love the mug. I've been using the mug too. Yeah, the mug was pretty dope. I forgot about that. And another thing I like, I like that is very, it's quality products. It's products that are valued at. Yeah, so like, no, totally. The box has a total value of like $300 to almost $400 with all of the products that are in there. So it's perfect. So do the customer pay $350? No, absolutely not. Um, The first box is going to be $39.99 $39.99 with the promo code LOV3. And every box after that is $49.99. So because they're gonna use our code, they get the first box with $10 off. And then for the rest of the year, it's $49.99, which they, is amazing. And they get it every season, right? Every season. So That's right dope. now we're in the summer. The summer box is here. Um, it's a seasonal subscription box for women to discover new products for a life well lived. And if you sign up for FabFitFun today, you get to get your summer box started and it is in limited supply. These boxes always sell out. 
Use our code LOV3 to get $10 off your first box. Go to FatFitFun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code LOV3 to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for your $39.99 only. Go to FabFitFun.com and use our code LOV3 to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. All right, y'all, go get your box. You'll love it. Ah. I got a question. Because <laughs> it's still my turn. I like when you do ah. Um. So we all live in Dallas. Justin, yes. you live in North Dallas. I live in North Dallas. Cara, you live close to downtown Dallas. And you live in far north <laughs> Dallas. Far north Dallas. God, it's so the far. suburbs to be exact. It's so far. Um, I mean, you just be on 75 forever. No, just it, Yeah, no, I do. Like, you literally. actually aren't that far comparatively. Oh, no, no. I'm so far now. <laughs> um, But we are all transplant. Because, listen, I know I'm from here. But I moved back here from living somewhere else. <laughs> so you better rep that. When you, oh yeah, it's that's my hood. So when you moved here, mm-hmm. right? What was your first impression or the most impressionable moment you had as a professional, young professional African American in Dallas? What's the moment that sticks out? Like, yeah. We saying African American and not black. I'm black in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just being petty. I, I just I, I was trying to word it correctly so that it sounds yeah. correct. Yeah. 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 So no, what's no, the yeah. moment you knew you was black in Dallas, but you were also a professional? Where mm. you was like, Well damn, my man. Right. My experience, so when I first moved here... When well, did you move here? What year? So, I've been here for three years, actually, as of yesterday. Oh, congrats. oh wow. I didn't even realize that. Um, no, maybe as, as of tomorrow. It's either the 17th or the 19th. But um, anyway, when I before I moved here, I came here for a summer, and I worked for a judge here in Dallas. And it was my first little... Dallas, you know, I was here for three months. I was like, you know, thinking I was doing something. But no, not three months, excuse me, a month. And I noticed that um, all of the other interns, except for my judges' interns, were all white. And it just kind of caught me off guard because I assumed Dallas was this like booming, very, very melting pot yeah and just like open and just integrated i hate the term integrated i know that's why i stopped (laughs) saying it earlier i can't stand the word diverse yeah (laughs) but you know what i mean like i just i didn't i i didn't know what to expect but i didn't expect that so like there was one there's one judge that has like a million interns and literally when i was there all of his interns were white and so it just kind of threw me off um but it wasn't that I like nobody like made me feel less than. Um, it just was like whoa, kind of a culture shock coming from a law school that was half black. Um, it still was like okay, this is a little weird. But I think in going to like some of the events for the Dallas Bar Association, like I started seeing more black faces that were actually attorneys, so it made me feel more comfortable to come here, and also law firms here 
higher, they actually don't discriminate against people that aren't from here. So that is like a big deal in law. Like a lot of like Atlanta, the legal market is very closed off. So if you're not from Georgia or from Atlanta or have a connection to Atlanta, they're not going to hire you. And Dallas is not like that. So anyway, that's, I said two things, but, in, but that was my first experience just coming here and being like, literally it was three of us for my one judge and two of us are black. The other girl was Hispanic and everybody else in the courthouse. So how did you feel? Um, at first I was a little intimidated not by the white people, but that sounded crazy. But just by the fact that like it was just me and it was just, I don't know, it felt, and then coming from my law school, it just felt weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but my judge never made us feel any sort of way about it. Like he, you know, he's a very knowledgeable guy. So Is he white? No, he's black. Mm. Um. And yeah, it was, you know, he he definitely made us feel comfortable and made us feel like we were supposed to be there. So that I think that that made it a lot better. But it was just kind of a culture shock a little bit. Yeah. Jay? Yeah, so um my my I guess my transition here, I well, I transitioned here in 2012. Um I had the same thoughts like, hey, this is a new city. I know it's going to be very diverse. I know that it was Dallas, Texas. So I had an idea that it would probably be um white focused however um i so i mean a lot of i'm pretty sure y'all know i'm in pharmaceutical sales so when i moved here um i was working in transportation um at this top transportation company um but i would say like the 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 one experience that probably stick out um more for me is as a sales rep um, so I was in dermatology sales, and I think I've probably talked about this before in air, but um, I go to a lot of like, you know, I guess my my clients were like high-end derm offices where, you know, the focus were like plastic surgery, mm-hmm. Botox, all that good stuff. So, I mean, the clientele um, was, you know, um, very significant than other offices, I'd say this much. Right. Um but you know i'm six i'm six feet you know i'm a black male and you know typically the norm is for you to just like you know go on to the back of the office obviously you you know talk to the receptionist but then it's like a less than 10 second conversation and then they let you back um but with my experience it was a little different you know they literally asked for my badge you know they literally you know I mean, didn't want to let me behind, like let me in the back of the office to speak to the provider. So I dealt with like just little issues like that. Um, right. All of my coworkers, I would say, are you know spread out throughout the larger cities, and in fact, my boss was in a different state. So it's not necessarily like you know my coworkers are my company, but more so my clients, mm-hmm. which really wasn't a bad thing. It was just something that I noticed, um, and then. Um, I also noticed that other representatives were not like myself, you know, Mm -hmm. like I probably know, I've probably seen two, I'm sorry, three black, um, sales reps, dermatology Mm. sales reps in Dallas. And I've been in this industry for at least four or five years. Wow. Wow. So it's pretty significant. Um, but how it made me feel, it made me like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I have to. Go a little bit above and beyond. Um, but, you know, 
I guess it's a norm now to where, you know, it just, I'm not phased by it. And then not only that, you know, when you consider the person who is asking you all these different types of questions, they don't necessarily have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. So it's just like, <laughs> let me just get through you so I can, you know, really focus on the person that I came here to talk to. Right. Um, but it really made me feel like now I'm in a position of hiring more. I'm in a position of, um, I'm in a position where I can hire people. Mm -hmm. um, and even though this was my agenda before, like just getting more people of color in this industry, like is even more so now because I think that one, it, the, I mean, the career itself, it's very beneficial. It can be very beneficial to like young African-Americans. Um, so I want people to like at least experience that. And mm -hmm. so many people have like a sour taste um, about sales. So I just like to change that perception even more so now um, because I kind of deal with a little bit of that. Um, but other than that, I mean, it makes me go even harder. Like I'm that odd person. I'm the only meatball with all the rice. Trust me, I'm going to stand out. Wow. The only <laughs> correct with, with all, with all the, rice. the rice. So I mean, visually, <laughs> visually, it represents how I walk in. Like y'all are the rice. I'm the meatball. I'm the main. Like I'm. I'm, I'm it. Right. Exactly. I'm the course. I'm, I'm the what course. you came exactly. for. Exactly. I'm what you came rice. for. So, um, why did it? Know? <laughs> I am dead. I've never heard that before. That's yeah. So you know, you get a lot of people like just dismissing you as an individual so like you, your character my character definitely shows out shows more when i'm in the office and it works to my benefit like once you know they get to know me you know it's like i become like a light when i come in there mm -hmm. and they appreciate it and they appreciate it more do you, you know? feel like you're, you're able to be yourself um like your authentic yes self? i think what my authentic self is within my profession yes okay. i can Okay. But obviously mm. not like how I'm kicking yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's serious. That's the word. Right? <laughs> I want to be able to do preach. both, though. I want to be able to be who I am at all times. Like, I'm not like yeah. a full on, like, cussing somebody out, but mm. like a legitimate, like, well, I don't cuss I don't, people I was about to say, I don't I think say, that's I don't who you are. I don't cuss people out. But yeah. like, a, like, if, I don't know, being loud, like yeah, laughing loud I wanna, and stuff like that. But I want to be able to do that at work. Yeah. Like, I want to be extroverted and outgoing. I want to be my complete self. And I but don't I, know if that's. I think there are a lot of things that comes into like play with that. Like, you know, in sales, I feel like you can do that because that's what I do. Like, you can be la you can be an extrovert, but like within your profession, that's just not the environment. It, at least that's what it, I would assume that that's just not the environment. It's like not story. when you're a litigator, unless you're going to court. You're right, but so, I'm not going to court. So, but I mean, I think you can. Uh, yeah. I'm sitting but that's a good point. I, <laughs> I try to be. I honestly try to be more of myself in a professional wor world because I think people. I want people to know that black people aren't just not their color. Like we are. There are more things that come with who we are. So that my experience is twofold. Okay. That has to do with my experience is that you said you want people to know that black people are not just their color. Mm. When I moved back to Dallas, that's what I needed black people to understand. Got you. I'm not just black. Because what I kept hearing was my childhood nickname, and I'm not going to say it, is bougie. You know, like Misha's bougie. Misha's this. Mm. Bleh. No, I'm not. I'm not I'm I'm not <laughs> at all like I'm actually very very country contrary to popular belief uh, but that's 
kind of the way they perceive me. Like, I guess I came from Atlanta and they just feel like, oh, you know, whatever. Sick of that. I like this, I like that. But I don't really feel like what you like in your experience makes you bourgeois. I think that that has, you know, one has to do with the other. But that's kind of how, like, people perceive me. Like, oh, and I keep... I'm on the verge of saying my childhood nickname, no, but I'm not going to say it. You know, they just kept saying stuff like, you know, oh, who Mish thinks she is? Like, Mish is this, Mish bougie. Mish. I hate that. I'm not, like, but I'm not going to go to the neighborhood events. I'm not going to do that either because I'm, I'm, I'm not bougie, but I'm also not 17. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm right. a totally different person. So, anyways. but And then, not only that, that just may not be where you want to spend your time. It's not. You know? Or who? And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But the other part of that was when I moved to... So I'm from Irving, right? Uh, I moved to some apartments in Irving mm-hmm. in the neighborhood of Las Colinas. And I moved there in April. I uh, had a birthday party there in August. The same year. Um, Justin and I had a joint birthday party. It was so bomb. And um, we paid to rent out like the little cave or whatever. Let them know we're going to have a DJ. Told them how many people was going to be. The assistant property manager was supposed to give the residents notice that all there was going to be a party there from... I think it was like 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. or 11, something like that. But anyways, we had a contract. Like, we paid for it. Um, During the daytime, it was completely fine. It was like 60 black people at the pool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, at the pool, we had bottles, drinking out of the bottles, like bottles of Moet. Like, we literally had the bottles in our hands, drinking out of the bottles. And during the daytime, it was completely fine. Like, the residents were out there with their kids. Like, there was a little boy that had a birthday party at the pool the same day as right. our party. Mm. And we didn't have the bottles near the pool. There's, a, yeah, like, a gazebo there's a area cave, where Yeah, where can, we had the... Yeah, like, the food and the drinks at it, yeah. But everything was fine during the day. Mm. Um, my brother was on the pit grilling. Some of the other residents was going to get hamburgers and hot dogs <laughs> and chicken, whatever we had out there. Night fell, and the residents began to complain. I mean, night had fell like for maybe 10 seconds. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) the sun was setting, (laughs) (laughs) and the residents started to complain, and the assistant manager who failed to send the residents that lived around the pool, because the pool was circumferenced by people's apartments. Mm -hmm. So he failed to send the residents the notice that there was going to be a party. Um, So he comes out and he's like storming at me. The manager? Yeah, the The assistant manager. manager. Oh, okay. He's storming at me. I don't see him because I'm like, you know, I'm having a good time. It's my birthday party. My friend saw him and yelled for my brother. 
So my brother <laughs> is now coming up behind the resident. And I'm talking about my older brother. So the brother that's 11 years older than me. He's now coming behind the assistant manager who's storming at me. And I don't know who interjected between me and the assistant manager, but somebody came between us and stopped him from getting to me, which then stopped my brother because he wasn't having that. Long story short, the assistant manager called the police. Now, mind what? you, yeah, mind you, the people that helped us set up the party, which was like some of my friends, some of Justin's friends, they'd already talked to the assistant manager and was like, hey, give us 15 minutes. We're going to wrap everything up. It's fine. We don't even have to be down here anymore. He called the police anyways. So I'm talking to him because by this point, all of it had blown up. Like he finally got to me, whoever interjected, you know, like he finally got to me. He's talking to me. He's yelling at me. My yeah, brother is talking to him. extremely aggressive. Yeah, he was very aggressive. Which made everyone like, what's going on? Because it didn't right. call for that. In fact, Misha, and I can go a little further. We had people like in place. They were like, if if you have any issues come to like us, we will then, you know, because obviously it's our birthday. So, yeah. you know, they didn't want us to have to deal with much. So, you know, we was like, okay, they, he knew exactly who to come to in the event that he had any questions or concerns. And we already knew that. We was like, you know, we knew that the possibility was there, which is why. We asked for him to send the letters to the residents. And had a contract and paid for it. Like we did what we were supposed to do because we knew that, this potentially could happen. So he's blowing up. He calls the police. Um, by this time, he and I are interfaced. The manager of the property is now down in the area where the pool was. And what did the manager say? The manager was trying to figure out what was going on. Because he's like, well, they had the contract. Why are you shutting it down? What happened? Like the manager's just needing to know what happened. Like I don't I don't really understand what's going on. Why are you here? Is what he was asking the assistant manager. And the assistant manager was trying to explain to him that there were complaints. And then me, I'm trying to explain to the manager there are complaints because your assistant manager failed to do what he was supposed to do. But huh, the police came. When they got there. By that time, whoever was interceding for me had already went upstairs and gotten the contract that we'd signed and said we paid for the pool area, the gazebo, um, the cave for whatever time. And the police saw it and they read it and they were like, we know exactly what is happening here. We're leaving. And the police left. We still, I mean, it was still a big commotion because we had to get everything out. The DJ had to wrap up. All of us had to leave. Well, like three days later, I ended up talking to the manager and that person, that assistant manager. And for me, it was just just a moment of like realizing that I'm black and I live here. And yeah, these are nice apartments, but they still see me as this black girl. And I had to explain that to him, the assistant manager. I said, what you don't understand is there were people there that have careers. 
There are people there that are doctors, nurses, recreation therapists, mental health therapists, psychologists, and but it, it, attorneys like, but it was really sad to me that I had to name the careers that mm-hmm, we had. Mm-hmm. And his face, and, and what I told him, I was like, two months, the month prior to that, my friend had just died. And I said, what you don't understand is by calling the police, you put our lives at risk. Mm-hmm. It, it was not about these residents that live here that are complaining about noise. At that point, when you called Irving PD, you put all of our lives at risk because most of these police officers, and I thank God for those police officers yes, that night. Yes, I do. Because they were all white men. Yep, they were. Most of those police officers would have Somebody came in for the, the yeah. got handcuffed. Yeah, they would have came in for the kill. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been no, let, let me see the contract, let, what's really going on. But thank God that's what happened that night. And that's when I realized, like, I'm back in Dallas. <laughs> wow. And I'm black. And it doesn't matter what my career is. It doesn't matter what school I went to, what degrees I have. This is what it is. Hmm. And I got to live with it. And then I saw him. What, two years later? Mm-hmm. Right around my birthday. And he asked me how I was doing. This is assistant manager. He asked me how I was doing. And I was like, good. But I, I wanted to say some, you know, yeah. off the wall stuff. But my brain doesn't work like that. You know, I don't really do the networking mm-hmm. two-minute elevator combo. So what I wanted to say to him, I couldn't because I didn't think about it until afterwards. But that was my experience being black in Dallas. I had only been back for like maybe six eight months. months. Yeah, eight months. Like yeah. Like short time. And that was it. I don't think I've ever had the police called on me before. Yeah. Cara, when I tell you we had several meetings with both the assistant manager and the manager about this, and he literally just took someone calling him and complaining and took that and ran with it rather than which I feel like now thinking in retrospect, I feel like he was trying to cover his ass. In the event that something was going terribly wrong, let me just call the cops. But he was he was just fully incompetent. He, he didn't know how to handle a situation like that, and which lets me know that he should not have any type of management within his title at all. Because yeah. that was just not the right way to do that. And not only that, he was fully aggressive. You can't oh, come so into aggressive. a situation which it was not that rowdy a rowdy situations being aggressive the way you the way he was it, and which, i think it wasn't i said to him like you're white and i'm black i can't be as aggressive as you are right now he was so i mean he was so aggressive mm-hmm. did y'all get your money back oh yeah mm-hmm. we got our money back and then like two months later he was no more oh he didn't work as a manager yeah i don't know i know that that didn't get him fired but like yeah he didn't have a job anymore. Yeah, that was, I mean. That's I, scary. And I was completely inebriated. I'm glad Shell remember the story because I was done. I, I was just, inebriated too, but my friends, I mean, they held it down. I mean, our yeah. friends, they held mm-hmm. it down. <laughs> but that's, I mean, you know, that was my wake up call. Like, girl, yeah. you ain't and in the, Atlanta no more. The sad part about it is that, you know, like, I, I can probably bet a check that if the shoe was on the other foot, 
we were we were so mindful to the point where like whenever the sun went down the music even like went down also correct you understand what i'm saying like because we knew what was going to happen um and it happened and unfortunately the support that we thought that we would have for management because he failed to do xyz and right i mean the the tenants, I mean, they complained. They didn't know anything about it. Had right. they known about it, then, you know, obviously I feel like they, they could have at least looked at their watch like, well, it's only going to be about another 30 minutes, so we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So, but it was just... It was but a, during the day, there was no complaints. Yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's, no, that's really scary. Anything having to do with police is scary to me. I just, I feel like there is always a possibility somebody could die at any moment. I yeah. mean, you just never know. Any, and yeah. I had to let him know that. And he was looking at me like, you know, he didn't understand. So I had to break it down for him. And I had to name several names. Like, we die when y'all call the police. So thank God. Like I said, I, to this day, I still thank God for, I don't know who those police officers were. But thank God that those were the men that came. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, anybody else. So segueing into being black in Dallas generally, how do you feel about being black in Dallas? How do you feel about being black in Texas? I mean, I'm I'm back into reality. I think I've been in Atlanta for so long. It was like, you know. I thought I, I fit in. <laughs> I don't want to say that we don't fit in. No, you're appreciated. You go yeah. to you go to establishments. You spend your money, and you you literally feel the appreciation exactly. when you're in Atlanta. Atlanta has its own set of issues. Don't get me wrong, but you feel the Atlanta appreciation. has a mayor, right? Black female named Keisha Bottoms. So. <laughs> Coming back to Dallas, I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. But nah, that's not really the real deal. It's not. <laughs> what about you? You're not from here, so you came. Well, I'm from Louisiana. I'm right next door. So Louisiana, do you feel like it's worse? Um, yes. Um, I think with Dallas is just a little bit more polished. Um, this is a very, I would say it's a diverse state. I'm sorry. The city is very diverse. However, it is white focus. But um, for me, it's just like, you know, I have to make the best situation. I have to make the best out of every situation that I'm in. Um, but, you know, there are some places in uptown where, you know, they don't let you in if you have on certain gear and attire, which is extremely trash. Um, but I'll say this much. If I'm out and I'm like, my intent is to have a good day, I mean, it would probably take the Lord himself to like make me not have a good day because mm-hmm. I'm just, I get numb to the bullshit. So I at least try to go where I am appreciated. Like, I don't typically follow the crowds if, you know, if if everybody, if the wave is at place A and it's not up to par of my stand or like what I would like to party in, then I'm not going there. So. I think my my attitude sometimes is just like, what do y'all expect? What do you mean? 
Like, Who is I y'all? Think, what do you mean? By that? I think there were some issues a couple years ago at like Kung Fu in Dallas. And I name it because um, a lot of people, it's been written in the blogs and all that kind of stuff that Kung Fu was discriminating uh, people based on what they had on, the shoes they had on or whatever, like hats, whatever. But now that I'm snapped back into reality, it's like, what do y'all expect out of Dallas, Texas? Did you expect for them to really appreciate? I mean, especially for the people that grew up here, which I've seen a lot of the people um, that kind of complain about these things are like people that grew up here, but you know, like they... They want to party with the white people. And it's like, they don't want you there. These Some of these establishments are owned by Asian people. Um, and they're managed by the others. And they really don't want y'all there. So when when you say that they complain about people having on Jordans or Nikes or whatever, it's like... <laughs> This is Dallas. So it, it, oh, I guess for well, I was me. Say, sorry, well, you got, no, no, go. No. You haven't talked about I, it. So as it relates to, because we're going to get to social stuff, but we can talk about it now. Like um, I was out on McKinney Ave. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Ben and I tried to go to not Kung Fu, because I had been to Kung Fu and they I was racially profiled mm-hmm. at Kung Fu. No, it was at the Den. Mm-hmm. And I had on a dress with like a camo jacket and some Tims, and Ben had on like some regular jeans and some J's, and they would not let us in. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to the police officers across the street, like after it happened, like after the let out. And a black police officer said to me, Well, if all the people that be fighting at the club got on Jordans, then they have a reasonable, like there's, it's reasonable for them to not let people in with Jordans. Did you, did you say, hey, Thomas? And I said, (laughs) how are you, Thomas? What? I was like, that don't even make no sense. Like, how do you know what shoe somebody wearing when they fighting? Like, you're, that's stupid one. Because he's dumb as bricks. But like, it just didn't. Because he tall. It literally like killed me. And so that, but that's the sort of logic that's going into this the people that start the most trouble or they're starting trouble because people are stepping on their jordans like that was another argument i'm just like y'all gotta stop with these like in fact the people who would even be bothered by someone stepping on their jordans are they're not even going to your establishments in fact they're in the hood correct they're not even wasting their gas to drive up here they still in Pleasant Grove. They still in West Dallas. They still in DeSoto. They still in Cedar Hill. Like they're not coming all the way to Uptown McKinney Ave to fight. Well, yeah, I I can say um, how I feel about Dallas being black here, especially being in the profession I'm in. It's just it's not a lot of us. And I also realized that with it not being a lot of us, you would think that it would be a, a, a lot more camaraderie, and it's not. For black like lawyers? I, yes. Like, if I'm in a room, for, like, for instance, um, I won't say anybody's name, but when I first moved here, I, well, not, no, excuse me, before I moved here, I came here for, so I came here for a month, 
And then the next summer, I came here for the whole summer. I was here for the whole summer. I went to a whole bunch of events with Dallas attorneys. And I was in a room full of, you know, a sea of rice. And I saw another meatball. I love it. And I made eye contact with him. And he did not speak. Mm. And, like, for me, it's like when I see somebody and it's just us, I'm going to deliberately go to you and meet you. And... It just really kind of threw me off. And from that day forward, I started then being standoffish, which probably wasn't the right the right reaction. But it's the truth. I just started kind of staying to myself, even if I did see another black person. Um, thank God I'm kind of, I'm better with that because I do, I'm, I am part of Barristers Who Brunch, which is an organization for young black attorneys. And so I've met plenty at this point and I do reach out to them and stuff like that but in the beginning like it just made me uncomfortable and then I started going out Mm -hmm. and then I go to like Kung Flu yeah yeah. I think I went to Kung Flu like immediately when I moved here yeah me too that was the like that was was like the spot spot that people told me to go to Uh and I went with a guy and I go and and we're somebody right before us a white guy walked in nobody checked his ID nobody said nothing Soon as we walked in and got to the bar, somebody came and stopped us and said, y'all didn't get your ID checked. And I was like, but you just let that guy in. He was like, oh, I already know him. I've seen him before. You don't know him from Adam. (laughs) That was his excuse. Yeah. So it's definitely, you would think because of situations like Kung Fu that the black people here would be more, I guess, welcoming. And I think now once... To be honest, once we got the podcast, now we are included and stuff. Yeah. Before that, didn't nobody give a Because it's so clickish. Yeah. Dallas is hella clickish. What? But and the people be so whack and thinking that they are s- and broke. That's what bothers Bro. me. So for me, they don't be having and no I'm, job. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real honest. What bothers me and like and it's really not fully about always about money, but you have to know your place. And I feel like some of these black, these Dallas black clickish socialites, socialites are don't have a what I said earlier a pot to piss a pot to piss throw it out of to throw it out of, and it pisses me off. But you know, so when I saw the topic of this, since if we gonna just go there, I think we really need to go there. When I saw the topic of this, that's exactly what I thought. Like my man's, <laughs> I love it. Sis, sus. <laughs> what y'all doing to be this high and mighty? I've literally had people look me in my eye, like I know you know who I am. <laughs> look me in my eye. And not say a word. And then the next time I see you, you say my name. Bruh. You just looked me a week ago and didn't say nothing. And then this week you speak and I'm confused. And then when I say, oh, so you do know me. It's like, oh, yeah. Wow. Nah. So you said that? I like that. Yeah, I don't, pl- oh, so you know I don't play those games. Right. Oh, so you do know who I am. Because the last time I saw you didn't speak. Yeah. So I don't really understand, like, these these people don't even want us here. And you mean to tell me that, like, we can't just get together? 
Like we have to act like we doing something. Like we gotta act. We like have to act like we we are doing something in order for you to feel yeah. what from whom. I don't get it. But that's being black in Dallas. They don't want us here at these establishments. But then we also can't like really be one community, which means that we wouldn't really give back to because people are always talking about like black owned establishments Mm -hmm. and like, hey, let's do. Well, we wouldn't really give back to those establishments or we wouldn't really like thrive in those areas because y'all want to act like y'all know people. And for a person like myself, if for a person like myself, it's hard for me to recover from a situation like that. Like when I first moved here, like I already had my friends, so I, there was no need for me to like venture out. Um, but obviously, since we've had the podcast, you know, we we don't have to go to events, but there are some events that we go to support other people. Um, and I've been faced with a situation similar to yours. And it's just really hard for me to like come around that and just like still talk or even speak to you the the next time you do you do decide to talk to me because I'm like one and done. You had your shot. <laughs> you shot your shot. You shoot your you shot your shot. You completely missed it. Whatever the fuck I'm trying to say. And then like now I'm good on you. There's no there's no need for me to like go. I'm good. I'm good. I'm like I'm really good. So. I understand exactly what you're talking about. So how about. do so like I mean for me it's just like how are we gonna say we want something for the black folks <laughs> for our people when when we get a little bit of something right you get a little taste of something and you mean to tell me that you can't like we can't come together. You only got a little taste of something. So if somebody really gave you something big, if we really had a block like right. they do in Atlanta, like you really had a Peter Street. Listen. You understand what I'm saying? Because Peter Street is four or five different bars mm-hmm. right next door to it's each other. Owned going by, into two blocks. Exactly. Owned by blacks. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners, these, this is Peter Street in Atlanta, Georgia, owned by black people. You can't cut people like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the owners of these places, because like you're saying, Justin, like the people that we yeah. have come in contact with are people that are doing things similar. <laughs> you can't come in contact with people and act like you don't know people. Yeah. Those owners that are on those blocks, they have to work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm done. And I'm going to own my establishment one day in Dallas, and I'm going to remember. No, you're not. You're I, the take fuck I will. How much? I will take you. I will take your money, but it won't be bottles on you on me. Oh yeah, that's exactly. the type of shit that I would do. Exactly. Nigga, I know you. I got you. You good? But now but it's nah. not gonna be like that. Run, nah. run me your coin. <laughs> Give it to me. The ten dollars. <laughs> Just come on. <laughs> do you feel like Dallas as a whole welcomes people? Like welcomes black people socially? I think I just spoke on that. I I mean, there is a, I mean, outside of what we just talked about, I think there are a lot of people who are welcoming in a sense, are willing to help you get to that next level. But I think you have to be doing something in order for that to happen. I can agree with that. You have to be working on a project. I mean, for young black up, up and coming entrepreneurs, I think that, that network is nice, is dope. I think 
you do have some people that are willing to help you to get to the next level, which is which is great in that aspect. But I mean, God forbid you're not working on anything and you're just like a nine to fiver and you know, you just want to meet cool people, you know? I don't think yeah. it's the same. Yeah. Like you, you have to be doing something. You have yeah. to be like you have to have your own nonprofit. You have to be you have to be a blogger. Like you have to look like something, which is it's terrible, but I mean I, I get that. It's black millennials today, though. I don't even think it, that is just Dallas. I don't think it's, I think it is most black millennials. I think at this point, it's like. I didn't get that in Atlanta. And I was a millennial in Atlanta. <laughs> I didn't get that you know? in Atlanta. And I don't think they do that in Houston. Yeah, it's just, it's different. I don't know. Maybe DC. I, I've kind of heard that about DC, too. Mm-hmm. Is that you know it's clickish in DC? I don't really know about New York. I think that's concrete yeah. jungle of itself. Yeah, I think New York's different, but I do think I think Black millennials, period, are starting to do more. So it isn't out of the norm for somebody to have a nine to five and also have an entrepreneurial pursuit. So when people ask that, it doesn't to me. It doesn't ring a bell or, or cause a red flag. However, I do think the issue comes in, especially in Dallas, is that you can't go to certain things or get invited to certain things or know about certain things if you don't have a side hustle or if you don't, you know, have a podcast or a blogger or whatever. Or you're not trying to be a socialite. Right. Like I think and there are other I think there are other people that are not necessarily hustling on the side, but they're just known to be on the scene and what if somebody just want to kick it like i'm not trying to be on the scene all the time right i just want to kick that it. type of individual yeah i'm not a on the scene type person at all and so. i i have friends that are not on the scenes i don't i don't consider myself to be on the scene type person but you know i'll kick it during the daytime i don't go out at night but <laughs> During the daytime, I'll kick it. But I have friends that are just like, they They always tell me like, Dallas is, Dallas is so cliquish. It is. Like, I, I, they literally will see the same people every time they go out. And those people will look them dead in the face and act like, I didn't just see you last weekend. That's how Baton Rouge was for me. Mm. Like, you know, I don't know if I told you the story, but like, it was this guy that lives in Dallas. We went, literally went to school together. Never spoke to each other a day in our lives. Saw each other years later in Dallas. Literally walked past each other. Did not. Didn't say hi. Didn't say anything. And this was a like a black man, you know. And I, I mean, you know, I, I don't get on myself for feeling this way or behaving in that way. But you know, me as a ever evolving individual, it's like you know, I don't want to like fall into that type of you know, level of petty or level of, I don't know what it is, but I don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. So I guess with Cara, like what you experience, like, you know, at your law event, you know, I try to do the opposite of that. Like if I see black people, I'm definitely going to come introduce myself even more so because, yeah. you know, at this point, you know, it's just us two. <laughs> like, <laughs> we I mean, we well have to respect friends. each other at least on that level. I'm going to be your friend. Like, in my current office, I'm the only black attorney. Um, but there are there's black staff members. Mm-hmm. And I'd be talking to them. You have to. Fully, like, 
and I want to know your life. Yeah, like like let's talk about Jesus and your marriage, and you know, and I I fully begin to know him. Who is your children? Those are my allies. Yeah, yeah. Just on, I mean, not that they can stop me from getting fired, but just on like a, if I need to release, like, girl, oh my God, this hair. Like one lady, we just talk about our hair Mm -hmm. all the time. She be making her own gel. I'm like, girl, I ain't doing that, but that's great. (laughs) Bring me some. Right. (laughs) She's talking about, you can soak these things. No, I ain't soaking nothing. But I see what you're saying. But yeah, it's, um, it's definitely... A struggle in Dallas. I can agree. It's very cliquish, and it seems like everybody is doing a whole lot of nothing, but making oh, it seem like they're just doing it all. I'm so over that. Like, okay, but that that may not just be Dallas. I don't know, but it, but the people I follow, I just be like, let me tell you, do you this have a, a job? No, this is a come. I know they're not doing anything. <laughs> do you have a job? Because they are out at least at least. The people that I I have embedded in my head right now, they're at least out at least. Two to three times a week, consistently doing the same thing on Instagram, having that same pose on Instagram, <laughs> different outfits, different times, different days, <laughs> the exact same pose. And I borderline want to tell you, like, DM you and just be like, just switch it up a little. Let's look to the left instead of the right. You know, you know, and that's like how I know they're not. I mean, I know they're not doing much. Because there are some weeks where I'm like, I just can't. I yeah. want to. The sun is beautiful, but I, I physically cannot. cannot. I cannot. <laughs> you know? I cannot. And more yeah. power to them. I'm not knocking it, but it's just like, come on, bro. Like, it's just too much. <laughs> on top of your sour attitude. That's what right. I can't necessarily That's deal the with. That's thing right yeah. there, what you just said. So I'm trying not to be so, like, bashing. But I've literally had people... I ain't even gonna say it. I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. hey, y'all, yeah. we we all out here. Seriously. Yeah, out here in these streets. So I'm gonna skip one portion because I don't know nothing about it. So corporate life, are you the only black person in your office? Or like one of you? <laughs> yeah, I kind of touched on that earlier. I am. It's a few meatballs with a whole big pot of rice. Any jobs where you've had more black people? Um, in Atlanta, I actually really love like the professional space in Atlanta because you have black execs, you know, you have black VPs, you know, like it's just very black, which also comes with a, a whole level of issues and concerns, but it just feels good. Like you feel placed, you feel wanted, you feel desired. You may have to like go through some things that uh, there are obvious things that I had to go through in Atlanta that I probably don't deal with mm-hmm. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a different vibe. Like you felt like you wanted to continue to like work in this space because you had other people that were like you and you saw that example. Here is a little different, but I mean, you know, I've learned how to adapt in that space. I've learned how to use the things that set me apart to my advantage, especially within my, my industry. Um, but in time, like it, it, it becomes challenging during interviewing season. Like, like whenever it's time to interview for this role, like different, different jobs, because in my industry, it's like, you can teach a person how to sell. Um, 
and there are things that you cannot teach, but what I've realized is that, you know, people tend to hire based on how much they can relate to you yeah. and how much they feel that they can um, foster some sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. So um, for the past two years, I've been trying to like make myself more relatable to like a vast group of people. Mm. Um, and I'm still working on that. So there are times where I'm like, I, there's, 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 there should be absolutely no reason why I should not get this job, and the only other, the only reason that I can think of in my head is that I'm black, and I, I don't think they can relate to me or even desire yeah. or want to foster a relationship because obviously you're in sales, like you know there's a sales process, but you really have to, you have to make people feel comfortable enough to want to work for you to actually even do their job and work. This is a very entitled industry. People get angry when they have to work full days. What are you talking about? Right. And these people are making six figures. That's how entitled it is. So I wish, baby. From that angle, it's like <laughs> you know, it's hard. It's challenging for me for me being black, and I'm not even a I'm not, I'm not even a light skinned black. I'm a black black. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? So visually, is an issue off the bat. So I have to come with something. I have to I have to get your attention. Some kind of way during the interview, and 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 it works. It's a it's crazy what I do to get their attention, and it really works. Mm-hmm. And that's where I connect them with. So it's challenging for me. It can be challenging, but you know I try to use that challenge to my benefit. Like you want somebody different, you want somebody that's gonna come in and impact business by day one. This is what you need. This is what you need. Right. You can you can be on that fuck shit if you want. But you're gonna have to deal. You gonna it's gonna take you at least six months to get this person on board. So I literally talk against that person, so they can at least see that you know I can come in and handle my business. Yeah, I mean, the industry I work in is a little bit different. Um, I'm not the only black in my company because I mean I work for. A company that owns companies so okay like it's it's a very large company however you know in management i look at management like the director is not of color there's only one manager of color and there are five managers under the director um so in this company i know that it's it, the ladder to climb is not i'm not going any higher than where I am now because yeah. they don't want to see us in those management p- positions. But um, I've worked for companies before I got hired. You know, I was told that, you know, the others um, in positions at the company had to ask them like, Hey, y'all can't find any black therapists. Like you mean to tell me that in Dallas, Texas, y'all don't have any black therapists. Um, so there was a fight to get blacks in position before I worked in certain areas. Yeah. But um, I don't deal. I mean, <laughs> the funny thing is that of the five managers, I work under the only manager of color. So mm-hmm. I don't really have that issue of, you know, me being black in the company. But I know that if I wanted to elevate with them, it wouldn't be there. There is no possibility. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, I would have to merge to another company and try to elevate 
or not merge to another company, but you know, like move to another company in a higher position when yeah. I applied yeah. versus the people I work for because it's not gonna happen. Do you feel like even though there there's only one manager of color, do you feel like there the other the company breeds an air of accommodation and uh, friendliness as it relates to different diverse backgrounds and all of that. Oh yeah, absolutely not. So I mean, I can tell by um, the hiring class, like when they hire people, mm. I can tell that you picked <laughs> of the nine people you hire, you picked one black person, or you picked one Hispanic person because you needed a person of color to be in this class of hiring, but you didn't really want to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like the, you did this for quota reasons and um, there've been several classes of them hiring people. There has been no one of color. So I know that they, they tried to accommodate a few of us, but, it's not because they want to, um, and they don't. They don't necessarily even when they highlight people that are doing something major in the company. They're not highlighting us, and, and I know several of my coworkers. I ain't gonna say it's me, but I know several of my coworkers that are going above and beyond that are of color. Because I'm not even just gonna say a black person. Like I'm. I'm talking about Hispanics. Mm-hmm. Um, even some Asians and, you know, those that are black, they don't highlight us. They're specifically highlighting white people. Hmm. And I can see it, but, I mean, you know, I don't plan on working for these people for the rest of my life anyways. But some of these people have families and, you know, they're here for the long run. Yeah. And I, you know, sometimes I feel bad because it's like, man, you putting your all into this company that really does not care about. Let me not say that, though. Let me say this. When it was Black History Month, they put out a little a memo. That's, that's little, what they did. Yeah, they put out a little memo for the little Black History Month. What did the memo, nice. what was it about? What did it say? It just highlighted that this is a month uh, that we need to... I mean, I think they had Martin Luther King on there. Of they course, they him. had to have him. Yeah, it's him always. But then they also highlighted LGBT. It's June still. They highlighted LGBTQ. Oh, it's a thing L- now for that. B- LGBTQ. You said the right yeah. thing. Oh, okay. It's a so thing they highlighted that too. Yeah. In In large companies like that? Uh yeah, some of them do. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's a thing now. It's like it's popular to support. Oh, it's, okay. I think it's so like that's more. What it is. It's more like popular, politically politically correct, correct than okay. them fully fighting for it, these individuals. Right. So on a company wide look, they'll highlight, but then when it trickles down to these managers, these directors, it's and no all re- of that, representation of no that, representation. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this much: like with my last company and. The last company that I worked for, which was a probably a multi-billion dollar company, I probably would have been the only black 
regional director in that whole company, y'all. It's crazy. And this is a global company, not a an American company. This is a global company. I probably could. Which me being the only black is probably a stretch, but it was enough for me to not know any other black who would who would have attained that title. Mm. But at your company, did you feel like they were friendly and accommodating? Even though you were the only? It's kind of confusing because it is a work event. So you really it's hard to like see if they are accommodating because everyone is putting on at this point. You know, with whenever in sales, like just in farm sales, because we don't we don't have coworkers. Like we are our coworker in our own car. You know what I'm saying? Like I work by myself. So whenever we come to these events, it's like everyone is putting on. Like this is the only opportunity you can probably talk to your VPs and get their attention and rub elbows and stuff like that. So yeah. it's kind of hard to see if they are accommodating me. Um, but what I can say is that I'm extremely exhausted. So I would assume mm. that they are not. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'm dead be tired. Wow. So, but is you your know, company? I, Carl? Yeah, I feel accommodated. I mean, in what ways? Everybody's extra. Everybody's. Everybody is extra nice. Really, which is a good thing. Every, I would more rather you would rather take that. Like, yeah, please, yeah, I'd rather take that. I, everybody's extra nice. Everybody is genuinely interested in my life and what I have going on. Not because I'm black, but because I'm a seemingly because I'm a human. Yeah. Um. It. You know, I don't feel left out of any sort of social setting. I feel like it's super, super accommodating as yeah. far as law firms go. So I'm, I am satisfied in that. I think. Are they interested in topics that you be interested in, like whatever yeah. that may be? So yeah, I'm on the diversity committee. Mm-hmm. I, um, you, you have know, to I have, be. I have a, yeah, <laughs> you have to be. <laughs> Don't say it like that. That's okay. You have to be. But um, yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm helping to make decisions based on you know my experience as a black woman, and Mm -hmm. you know I did let them know that I'm okay with being the face of the diversity committee as it relates to other organizations and being a part of that and kind of sticking my neck out there. But oh, sorry. Do you feel like you like getting in that? position would you be an advocate to diversify the company like would you fully really be i hope so yeah the only thing i can do so you got to start wearing your fro girl that'll be step one i've worn my fro before (laughs) i'm just sick of the questions lord it people are so i think it's a good thing and it's a bad thing people are very interested in your life Mm. and well, I think that's across the board because they're very interested in my life too within my field. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about my well, life. Well, and with, it's weird. Yeah. So I just started sharing small tidbits of my life that I'm comfortable with sharing. Mm-hmm. That I don't care if it's spread around the office because it's nothing that I wouldn't want the world to know. You and know? I guess what I've noticed, also noticed, is that like the higher you go up, within a company, the more you have to expose who you are as an individual. So I don't know if that has anything to do with them really, truly wanting to know who I am or they just want to know what they're dealing with. And it may be a little bit of both. For sure. I think that getting to know you on a personal level and knowing your intrinsic values like is an inside view into how you will likely react in certain situations. Yeah. 
And I mean, like, for instance, today I was talking to some of my coworkers and like told them about me and Ben being abstinent before marriage. And it was like a big deal. You know, they're like, oh, my God, I have so much respect for you now. And I'm like, <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> I'm like, why? But no, I mean, but that's the type of stuff that people want to know about you. Yeah. They want to know intimate, in quotes, intimate details of your life to, to feel closer to you and to feel like if you, I think I've realized that the staff, if you get in good with them, you're good at any company. Like, if you know the staff and, like, you're cool with them, they will cover for you. They will be there for you, like, in a law firm setting, I guess okay. I would say. Like, the secretarial staff, assistants, paralegal, stuff like that. Like, if you get in cool with them and you're, like, cool and you share yourself with them, like, they will always have your back. So you, that's important to me. You see, I've only had one situation where I completely opened up and it worked to my benefit. Everything, every every situation outside of that one situation was used against me. Like at some point, like, you know, um, like, so now I'm very cautious. Like I'm going to open up, yeah. but I'm going to open up very cautiously. On your I, own have time. To, I have to open up because you ask me very direct questions and sometimes it's unprofessional, but they go there and they have no problem with like going into your space. So but um, just become, just make sure you're comfortable in what you're telling. Yeah. And make sure you're okay with the I am. I don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> we see each other probably once every four to seven months. Um, like literally. Yeah, because y'all's are, y'all you yeah, your job is always out in the field. Yeah. Well, I see mine every day. So my newest adventure is learning everyone's name. Listen. So that I is so hard think for me. What I'm gonna do is I think I'm gonna go on the website and just print everybody's face off. You should. Don't do that. Why? Yeah. Cause that's how she'll learn it. Well, I think you need to engage with them more. Cause I think, I mean, you can do that if you want, but it's, but that's harder for you. In the in passing, to be like, "Hey, Mike, how are you?" I realize gonna know Carl. everybody says my name. Yeah, because you're say the only hey. black person. Exactly. So, so she don't put needs all that to have an upper you. hand too, though. Nah, it's. I get what you're saying though. I just want to be able to, yeah. I, that's my newest adventure. Because on the on the flip side of that, they'd be like, "Oh, she doesn't know my name." Yeah, but they also say, "Hey, you." They always say, "Hey, Kara," <laughs> or Kara, of course. <laughs> um, which is a completely other issue. So, um, yeah. Anyway, um, this I think we've been recording a. This is a pretty long episode. <laughs> Shout it? out to so. Dallas, though. I like Dallas. I like I Dallas too. too. It took me I five am, years. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and just bash the city. We got some good food sometimes. Uh, shout out to Rudy's Chicken. Rudy's is nice. Henderson, good. Listen, Rudy's oh is good. Don't God. get too that, much seasoning on your chicken and you'll be all right. That grease be old. Henderson's is my favorite chicken. Smith's Catfish in South Dallas. Uh, Records Barbecue downtown. You ain't been I've to Records? No, I've been wanting to go there. Uh, you got to go there. Smith's is right down the street from you. You just hit this Lamar. You on Lamar right here. You just keep on going down. Damn, I done said the dog on folks' address. 
You just go down the street. It's catfish. Miss Catfish. Um, okay, me. Shout out to the island spot. <laughs> That's the only black owned restaurant. Elaine's. Go to Elaine's. I do. Um, I've been wanting to go to Elaine's. Too. You got Aunt Irene's. Irene, however you want to say Some it. of them black places with the seafood. Yeah. She ain't got no place. She ain't got no restaurant that she be selling. Uh-uh. Place she got car. a whole restaurant. The, the city wouldn't let her do it no more. Somebody <gasps> snitched on her. So. So she had to get a place. Yep. Really? Yep. There is this black restaurant that is in Uptown near Kung Fu. What is it called? Uh, Pazo, P-A-Z-Z-O. Is that how you pronounce that? I've seen that place. Correct. I've never been though, but I've seen it. It's a young black guy. He looks like he's mixed with something, but he just posts his dad and his dad was black. So I'm like, oh, he's black. So we're going to have to hit up his spot. Yeah. I would love to go. I think you, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I think y'all would like it. It's a very, very dope spot. It's actually catacorner to level. Okay. I've seen it. Um, I also, I would also say that um, Dallas black brunches be lit. lit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's there. That's the, the only time, on. you know, for me, that's the only time when Dallas be lit for their blacks is <laughs> during a day party. No. Where, where, when It's Dallas where? Restaurant Week. Uh, Dallas Black Restaurant really? Week. Is it this, that right now? Week? Yep. Oh, really? Shout out to my friend who actually puts on Dallas Black Restaurant Week. He's a part of it. And I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> it started on Saturday. Really? Yep. Huh. Or Sunday. Something Let me like look that. look it up. The 16th. It started on the 16th. Right. Tomorrow's Juneteenth. You know so Derek, sure that... he he's a part of that. I know. The Dallas Black Restaurant. I know. Did you did you meet Derek? Shout um, out to yeah. Derek. Shout out to Derek and that organization. But Dallas has been good to me. Like I know, like, I mean, what I personally say it was very negative, but Dallas has literally been good to me financially. I was just about to say, <laughs> making money in Dallas is not a thing. Right. Like you you can make money in Dallas. You can actually it, counter offer your honest, offer and, and probably get it. And probably get it because in Atlanta they you counter something, they'd be like, All right, well, we're going with the other candidate. Nigga, <laughs> when I tell you somebody that's gonna take these pennies we trying to give you. When, when I tell you Anana Atlanta Anana <laughs> Atlanta lowballed me so many oh, yeah. times. I was like, bro, you, I'm not about to work for you for this. Like, I'm just not doing it. I would much rather stay on unemployment than to do that. Correct. So I left Atlanta and literally made, in, I left Atlanta in May. In August, I got my first full-time job in Dallas mm-hmm. and went 12K. Right. Above. Correct. Yeah. Money is here, dog. The yeah, I've the been, money is in Dallas. I've been here for five years, and I literally tripled your salary. Was the fifth? Was how you say it? The fifth one above quadrupled my salary. Quintupled. Quintupled Qu- my salary. Quintupled. In year one, I doubled my salary. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Like it's just Dallas, and then we also don't pay state taxes. Right. That's another advantage. Yep. And it's, I mean, as far as being on a social scene, they have nice day parties. That's that's it. I, I don't think that's it. Where else? They have like stuff what? at night. At where? Freaking, I mean, I'm not going to advertise another don't event. Look but at me. Why not? Old. Just do it. <laughs> no, no, just play. No, they have stuff. I will say it's tough. It's tough on well, the weekdays I, in Dallas. I'll say this. I don't go out at night, so maybe that's why I don't know. 
I don't go out at night anymore either. However, um, if it's just a random Tuesday in Dallas, there's I absolutely nowhere for you to go. Yeah, I couldn't tell you where. You can always go to Deep Ellum. There be niggas there. But you're not going to hear the music that you want to hear. Where? Again. Okay. So, Dada, you will hear the music you want to hear. There's another bar next to Dada. I don't remember the name of it. There's a bar that has like a record store in the back. Baby playing. And it's going to be people in there. And they be playing nigga music. (laughs) Nigga music. I love it. Anyway, I say all that to say, I have gone out on a random weekday and I've had a good time with black, other black people. So I have not. So let because me... you know those ugly black people. Like, what about Who do me? I know? I'm 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 trying to look for an, an extended circle, and I don't know where to no, begin. You're not. No, you're not. I am. Are you really? I don't, I don't even really want am. an extended circle. I'll say this much. I want. <laughs> I, I I would say that I'm looking for an extended elite circle in of Dallas, like that that next level. People who can actually get me to where I'm trying to go, basically. Well, I know that seems selfish, but that that's exactly what might be black people. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go with the white, white people. people. Right. And I'm cool with that, too. All right. <laughs> nah. Um, just being a little bit more intentional. How about that? And who my extra time is involved with. And nothing is wrong with that. I, I agree with you. All right, guys. Well, this has been a Dallas bashing session, and I'm kidding. Um, no, nah, Dallas be is like, cool. Michelle ain't from Dallas. <laughs> You're right. I'm from Irving, <laughs> but no. I would I would say Michelle is from Dallas. I'm from yeah, Dallas. yeah, you're from Dallas. Okay. Well, All right. I just tell the truth, and the truth is, <laughs> Dallas needs to hey, do better. Don't lie. Okay. I'm not done. <laughs> Dallas needs to do better. The fashions. We didn't talk about that. Okay, we can't talk about that. Um, so I feel that the white people dress down, dress to the T. They look amazing. I mean, it's there. No offense, but some of our African American sisters that are in Dallas specifically, I'm like, did you even think about it? Before you left your house, did you at least think about what you were putting on? And yeah. All right, we go. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> Y'all let me say We're everything. Okay. No, right. I said it first. I said uh, the fashions. Whatever. I'm just, I mean, you know, All I right. like the city. However, the guy who is over uh, Men's Fashion Week is black. So I'm excited. I'm excited. When is Men's Fashion Week? That's a good question, and I, I should be, know this. I want to be in the know. No, I do want to shout. I do want to shout him out. I do want to shout him out. Shout him out. So please, just give me a few seconds, please. I, I just seconds. think that um, he's really dope. He works with Lulu, who is over um, DFW influencers. Okay. Cool. The city. Um, I agree with you. I think, and may, we may need to be the ones to do that. You know what I'm saying? Just to, I don't know. It's just. I I'm not that pretentious. Gotcha. That's the word I've been looking for all this time. There is a restaurant in Dallas where the backdrop of it says, 
keep Dallas pretentious. And I'm not that type of person. And I think that on a lot of levels, whether it be black culture, the Anglos, the Caucasians. <laughs> Anglo, I used to love that word. Or whoever. <laughs> Anglo-Saxon. It's a lot of pretentious people in the city of Dallas. I think there's, there's a lot of pretentious people in Atlanta, too. Yeah, but they don't run the city. And I think that hmm. the city of Dallas is ran by a lot of pretentious people. And they need to bring it on down. Bring it on up? No, bring it on down. Because you're not, I mean, you sitting on this high horse. Bring it on down a little bit. Because the fashions in Dallas is 2018. The fashions in Dallas is still like 2012. I would say men's fashion is pretty, is, is getting there in Dallas. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think people's fashions are fine. In Dallas? Yeah. Come on, car. I'm talking, not, maybe if you go to Big T, people are dressed. No, it'd be at them day parties we'd be at. Correct. I'll point them out next Bruh, time. Watch. Okay. I'm going to point it out. But anyways, I do want to shout out Mahari uh, Takai. You can go follow him on Instagram, M-A-H-I-R-I-T-A-K-A-I. He's the owner of Men's Fashion Week Dallas. Okay. I'm going to shout him out the next. I'm going to find all the dates out and semester him and see what are the dates for Men's Fashion Week in Dallas. But he is doing a damn thing and I'm excited. I met him at the DFW Influencers about two weeks ago. They honored like some bomb, bomb influential men that are in Dallas, which I'm so happy I went. And he was like, listen, bro, I like what you're doing. Don't worry about buying a ticket. You can be involved. So... I'm excited about that. So shout out to him and yeah. go follow him. Shout last thing, shout out to <laughs> Dallas Music. Yellow Boy, ain't that his name? Yep, that's his name. Yellow Boy. Oh, is that the guy that's like that's uh, only me, baby. I really like that song. Yeah. I don't know. What he says. Only. <laughs> shout out to Doro Music. He says the term Dozier, which I don't even know what that means, but I love that song. That what is his name? Duro Duro Music? Yes, Duro Music. Shout out to Jason's Lyric. He's also a Dallas rapper. These are like upcoming. Well, Duro is already, I mean, Duro's pretty big. Y'all know some of Duro's music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these are upcoming Dallas rappers. Yellow Beezy. What's his name? Yellow Boy, Yellow Bee. Y'all know what song we're talking about. I'm too old to know all of it. <laughs> but we do, yeah, it's Yellow Beezy. I knew. It's Yellow Beezy. You saying it like I'm... <laughs> um, and Jason's Lyric and DeRoe and Star Music. Like these are some good rappers in Dallas. So Star we do music. have good music here as well, along with the food. Yep, and the money. And Erica Badu. And Erica Badu. <laughs> hey, y'all. Y'all already know what time it is. It's your girl, D. Cardi, and I'm coming back in 2018 talking to y'all about what? BioClarity. Because what? Your girl skin is looking right. So basically, I started using BioClarity back in 2017 in season one, and y'all. My skin is thebomb.com. All my Instagram photos be popping because I know y'all be liking these pics. My skin is smooth and soft. Any sort of breakouts I've been having are gone. No redness, no irritation, no nothing. So why should you use BioClarity? Well, 
couple things. First, it's easy on your skin. It delivers glowing, clear skin by reducing redness and boosting your natural beauty because I know y'all fine out there. You can use it twice a day without worrying about any sort of excess irritation because there are no harsh chemicals. Also, BioClarity is packed with clarifying botanicals and new Floralux, which is naturally derived from chlorophyll, which is that green stuff, you know, that plants be needing. And it's proven for soothing away blemishes. So not only is BioClarity full of antioxidants, it also reduces redness. It feeds and defends cells with an alphabet of vitamins. BioClarity is delivered straight to you and is easy to use. It's a three-step ritual that's 100% vegan, plus it's gluten and cruelty-free. So there are three steps. First, you cleanse. With the rich foaming facial cleanser, it gently removes dirt, oil, and environmental pollutants. Next, you treat. And the treatment penetrates pores and attacks the bacteria that causes acne, so it clears up your skin. And lastly, you restore. And the Restore Gel has exclusive Floralux, which leaves your skin feeling smooth and refreshed. Now, BioClarity also offers a skin smoothie with hydration. Hydrate is a lightweight, breathable moisturizer, which is designed for even the most sensitive skin. You can use Hydrate by itself, or you can use it with the BioClarity system. So, do you want to start a healthy habit and get glowing, clear skin just like your girl, The Cara D? If so, go to BioClarity.com. And just for our Millennial Love listeners, you guys will get your first month for only $9.95 plus free shipping. That's over a $20 savings. And it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee. So in order to get that money-back guarantee, all you got to do is enter our code LOV3. That's bioclarity.com and enter the code LOV3. Say hello, hey boo, to new skin. Bioclarity.com. So are we ready for the millennial moment? Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long-ass episode. All right, so this millennial moment is brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> Michelin tires. <laughs> uh, so this this chick wrote in. Her name is is it Essie or Essie? Essie. 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 All right. Cool. Effie. All right. So I'm gonna read this, and I'm, I have not looked over this. So I'm just gonna read it from what she wrote. All right. So I was. What's F, what does FT stands for? FaceTime. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it depends on, it may, be, it may mean full-time, it may be FaceTime. Right, and I looked at it as full-time, but I know that what she was talking about had nothing to do with work. All right. So, I was FaceTiming at 6, 6.14 a.m. on Friday to be reminded of a date I set months prior. What? I'm just thinking about a.m. Like, that's real early. Correct. I was FaceTiming at 6 a.m. on a Friday. She was probably getting ready for work. Mm-hmm. Um, to be reminded of a date I set months prior with this old friend from undergrad. She would like to call him Gus. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming up with the old name. Yeah, names. thank you. Thank you so it's just, much. It was hard. It's, it gets hard for us sometimes. So it says, I completely forgot about it. I, I completely forgot about seeing it, seeing as how I hadn't heard from him in a while, but I said, yeah, I, re- I rearranged some things and dip out on my appointment uh, with Apple to, to, to prepare for my wedding date. This Negro talks to me at 12 the day of the wedding, and I don't hear from him at all afterwards. I've even checked social media for a wedding because at this point, I think 
maybe I made everything up. It's bothering me because it happens more often than not by different guys. Why the fuck would you bother someone to intentionally waste their time? So basically, she was FaceTiming with a nigga on Friday. She talked to him at 12 o'clock the Saturday to potentially go to this wedding. And he ghosted her. And he ghosted her. And she says that it happens more than often with other guys. That kind of like, I'm more concerned about that than anything else. So I think when niggas ghost you, it's for one of two reasons. Either you're doing something that they don't like and they don't really want to tell you. Or they have another girl. And more... More than more oftentimes than not, it is they have another girl, and yeah, it's somebody else that they're interested in. And so, as dumb as it is, because I think most of the time, a dude, if a dude communicated to you that he didn't want to do whatever you asked or that he asked you to do, then it would just make life so much easier. But no, they can't do that, they just have to fall off the face of the earth and then expect you not to go crazy. When they fall off the face of the earth. So, girl, you need to start playing hard to get or stop responding to niggas' text messages. But it was like the day before, though. Like, granted, I can see if it was, you know, maybe a month prior and they just didn't, you know, they didn't bring it back up. But this was literally the day before. Well, but she already had. No, she said she had. It was on her calendar for months. Right. But I'm just saying, like, she talked to him the day before and even the day of and he ghosted. He must so, have went to the wedding with somebody else. Uh, yeah, because he probably forgot about it. I don't know. What do you mean? Uh, like forgot that he asked someone else to go? That's I, I can I can probably better check on that. He asked multi. He asked her Multi-ya. and someone else. The other person was like, you know, didn't give him a real answer, and they ended up coming through. Yeah. <laughs> what you think? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? First of all. <laughs> This said she missed her appointment with Apple. <laughs> you know it was serious. I'm not missing the appointment with Apple unless this is potential husband. That's the first thing. You understand what I'm saying? Because Apple appointments are few and far between. Very few. So that's the first thing. Don't skip out on them Apple appointments for nobody. But the next thing is. Did she not have the address to the wedding? Oh, you would, I would not I go. Would I not would not just do show that. up. Not at all. Heck no. No. And see him with a no. no. Heck. No. I wouldn't do that either. I mean, my pride would be too high for yeah, that. Yeah. Now that's, I, I'm no, too prideful that's, for that. That's taking it too far. I ain't say sis had to just show up at the wedding. <laughs> what I'm saying is that. Were these plans not set before? Because, see, this is the thing. If no one gives you the full details of what your day is, in my mind, it's not really going to happen anyways. That's fair, but she talked to him, like, the day of. Hey, you didn't tell me on Friday at 6 o'clock in the morning. Because here's the thing. You're going to waste my time at 6 o'clock in the morning? I need to know details. On a Friday? <laughs> <laughs> On FaceTime? 
I you see, if it was me, I would probably if if you if we're FaceTiming about this event on Friday morning, I'm fitting that into my schedule on Saturday. Correct. So I already I'm when I'm fitting it in my schedule, I need to know where this is. So the fact that I don't have all the details lets me know that it's not a guarantee anyways. Mm. Cause there's like you just mentioned. Fellas will ghost you because either A, you're doing something they don't like, or B, they already have another female. So if you're not giving me full details about everything up front, and maybe this is just wisdom because I've been here, done that. You understand what I'm saying? If you're not giving me full details up front, I don't think it's real anyways. So I get that. Because she's talking about, I'm thinking... She said the Sunday after the wedding, she's looking for pictures to see if she made it up in her mind herself. <laughs> was there really a wedding going on? Yeah. That's how that bad he ghosted her, though. He ghosted her very bad. He, there were signs before that, is what I'm saying. I'm sure. I agree. I can, I can probably... Okay, I can believe that. But when a person talks to you the day before and the day of... I would still be questioning like, okay. Exactly. You would still be questioning, is this real? <laughs> so at 6.30, when it's time for the wedding to, to be, pro, what's the word? Recessioned. Uh-huh. And come on, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, you don't have the details of the wedding? So yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure at by then she was like, "I'm not going." She had, but pro- what I'm saying is, <laughs> what we as women need to look for are the signs beforehand. Don't let a dude take you to the point of six o'clock that day wondering where his phone call is because <laughs> you don't know where this wedding is and you trying to figure out should you wear the purple dress or the black one because i need to know what tie you win exactly. i need to like you know we need to the look details. like a couple this yesterday or last week exactly actually. the details would have already been discussed so I guess I just look at it for me. You don't even know who was... Let me finish. <laughs> you don't even know who was getting married. <laughs> because sis is saying, was there really a wedding? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's because... I, that's, this is not funny. I'm, I promise you. Essie, I'm not laughing at you. But I'm just saying, she's asking her so that because that's how bad she was ghosted. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and I just look at it. You know, and how- I'm talking to her as <laughs> <laughs> the elder <laughs> that's been there, done that. And mm. she said that this has happened several fellas before. Mm-hmm. Look out for the signs. <laughs> when a man does not give you full details, days in advance, weeks in advance, it's because they have other options. Mm. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Agreed. And this is where Cara was like, don't make yourself, what, accessible to people like that? Don't. Yeah, you no. have to just not text back. Stop texting niggas back fast. He texts you the Friday. He FaceTime you the Friday of. My man, I'm not answering that. Sometimes. You just hit me up. 
Sometimes I don't text Ben back. I just hit him with the ignore. I love him, but you know. You yeah, just like, be- the, okay, that was a good sign. Like, you just hit me up about this shit the day before. Okay, and she was like, you know, I had to clear up my schedule. Nah. Those with were, Apple? Okay, I got you. Girl. I would have hit him with the, you know, I have other plans. Correct. We'll have to meet up another time. I think that's Enjoy. That's I'm fair. Good, love. Yeah, that's fair. Enjoy. I'm good, love. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. So I Essie, I hope they help you out. Um, I think there is there is a beauty in like there is a beauty in not being accessible to people. You can't make yourself accessible to people like that, especially when they don't make themselves accessible to you and they don't respect you to that level. So you have an Apple phone, put them on do not disturb, <laughs> swipe. Actually, you can block their ass because this was. Yeah, you can block. I you mean, can block them, but I'm just saying, put them on do not disturb, so you don't really even see their notifications. You know, you geez. just see them when you look at the phone and see it come through. That's fucked up. So you gonna come up again? Fuck that nigga. Yeah, forget him and the girl he went to the wedding with. Cause with her she ugly don't know ass. <laughs> with her ugly ass. Oh, ugly ass dumb hoe. Okay. So <laughs> wow, she has to be a dumb hoe. Okay. I'm doing this for Essie. That was <laughs> fucked up. And I bet Essie's a good girl. Like, bitch, I cleared my schedule out for your whole ass. Essie and I also like- might be a simp as well for clearing her whole schedule. No. Canceling her that, no. Apple. Mm-mm. I don't want to get into this with you, Justin. <laughs> What's the word of the day? <laughs> Send five dollars to the cash app. I thought that was the word. Send my life. What the fuck? Money sign, Miller Love, LV3. All right. Word of the day is Buddy Duddy. Oh my gosh. Buddy Duddy? Buddy Dash Duddy. It's Mm -hmm. one word. What, are is. they with T's or D's? D. Please tell me. Please tell me it simulates a Fugazi. No. It is not. Uh, buddy Duddy is a noun. It means a person that is old-fashioned, unimaginative, or conservative. Please use "fuddy duddy" in a sentence. The plural is "fuddy duddies." Most of Dallas's <laughs> black millennials <laughs> are very fuddy duddy. No, it's are a dressed noun. in a very fuddy duddy way. <laughs> okay, it's a noun. It can be used as an adjective. You go. No, you go. I always go last. <laughs> I don't. Rem- I don't know. Ah, old-fashioned, unimaginative, or conservative. Shout out to all the fuddy duddies in the backwoods uh. of Alabama. <laughs> So random. These Alabama people gonna fuck you up. Right. <laughs> right. I gave them a shout out. <laughs> you mean? My mother in law called me a fuddy daddy. Oh, she called you fuddy daddy? After I told her I was hungover from the night before. She said, you you getting old, you're a fuddy daddy. Aw. Fuddy daddy. F-U-D-D-Y dash D-U-D-D-Y. Can y'all please use fuddy daddy in a sentence <laughs> and hashtag M-O-3? 
Get me out of this country. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was shit flying in my mouth. <laughs> that is. I'm a forever laugh at that video. He said, <laughs> "Video." <laughs> Wait. Be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Millennial Love and live tweet us by hashtagging ML three while you listen. Yay! Thank y'all. Another one in the books. Another one and bye. This is for the niggas. (laughs) Strictly for the niggas. niggas. Bye.